sing to the Almighty today. The Lord is lifted high in this place. Let's stand to our feet and worship the risen Lord together.
praise the Lord with us today. Thank you. Be seated. Welcome to worship. We're delighted that you are here, whether you're with us here, present in the sanctuary, simulcasting in other places of the building, watching online. Worshipers, we're glad that you're here today, and we're delighted you've made yourself known, and the Lord is making himself known with us together today. If this is your first time with us, we're so glad that you're here. Would you do us a favor? Find that online connection card, fill that out, and turn it in and send it in. We want to get to know you a little bit better. There's links on all of our stations, all of our channels, all of our platforms. Guests, if you're present with us today, we want you to meet our pastor and his wife following our service. We have a gift to give you. It is called The Privilege of Worship. It is a copy of his book, and we just want to meet you and to love on you a little bit and just to welcome you to our service. We continue our series today, Praying Through the Dots, the Lord's Prayer. So have your copy of God's Word ready. We sing to a victorious God today who stands ready to forgive and to redeem. And we celebrate him. Victory in Jesus. Stand to your feet and let's sing together. Oh, 
aren't you thankful today for the faithfulness of the Lord, for his guidance and direction in our lives, and just how much he loves us today? Will we be mindful of that today as we continue our worship together? I believe in the sun. I believe in the risen one. I believe I overcome by the power of his blood. Amen. Yeah. 
We are so grateful for your faithfulness. Lord, in good times and bad times, in the middle of pandemics, in the middle of all things going crazy, we know that you are faithful. Lord, every step of the way. And so, Lord, we ask for your continued guidance today. Lord, as we turn our attention to your word this morning, we ask that you would speak to our hearts clearly. Lord, draw us closer to yourself. Lord, where there is sin that we need to put down, we pray, Lord, that you would help us to do that. For those here today and watching online who need to trust you as their Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day of salvation and that, Lord, we would know that we have met with you today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have any of you seen the uh, videos of the toddler temptation? It goes by various names, but basically what happens is you sit your toddler down at your kitchen table or counter, and you put in front of them some candy or some cookies or some other kind of dessert that you know they'll like, and you say, don't touch that until I come back. And then you set your phone or a camera in front of them and video them while you go off to another part of the house and see what they do. I'd encourage you to Google that when you get home and look at some of the videos when you get home, not right now, and those of you watching online, not in your living room. But check those videos out. It's funny to watch those toddlers, you know, they'll sniff at it or they'll poke at it or they'll lick the chocolate or they'll do all kinds of things. And most of them do a pretty good job with the toddler temptation. I just can't really decide if it's a good teaching method or if it's just plain old child abuse. <laughs> but whatever the case, the toddler challenge is a picture of real life because temptation is everywhere. And sometimes it is staring right there in front of you, enticing you. How can we avoid temptation and how can we defeat it? Well, we're going to see that, how to do that Today, I invite you to turn in your copy of God's Word to Matthew chapter 6, verse 13, as we come to the part of the Lord's Prayer that asks, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Having just taught us to pray for forgiveness of sin, Jesus now teaches us to pray to avoid sin in the future. So we might call this the Lord Help me to never do what I just did again, part of the prayer. 
Because now we're moving on to the next step. We know by experience that forgiveness does not conquer sin. Simply being forgiven does not conquer sin in your life. You can be forgiven of a particular sin this morning and then be tempted to do it again this afternoon. Forgiveness does something else, though. While it doesn't conquer sin, it does create a consciousness of sin. And so when you repent of a sin and you receive the forgiveness of God, you become more aware of that sin when it approaches you as a temptation again. And so we might say that you are taught when you are caught. And you become conscious of that sin. But once we've put down a certain sin, we don't want to pick it up again. We want to see temptation for what it is, and we want to conquer it before we ever give in to that sin again. Alexander McLaren said that when forgiveness comes, the mask of sin comes off. He writes, he who is forgiven has his eyesight purged and can see that these temptations are not what they seem, but they are demons that lure us to our destruction. And so we learn that the red, ripe red apple of temptation is poisoned. Therefore, we want to steer clear of temptation and we want to conquer it when it is presented to us. When we've been forgiven of one sin, we become aware that we are just one decision away from another. In the moments of forgiveness... When we are closest to God and when we stand cleansed before Him, we want nothing more than to stay that way. While we could pray to be free from all kinds of things like sorrow or poverty or trials or diseases or death, the one thing on our mind in that moment when we stand forgiven before God is, God, keep me free from sin. Because sin is the worst. We pray for that one thing with all the fiber of our being. We want to avoid the danger and the trouble that sins creates because we've been there and we don't want to go back. And so in that moment of peace and comfort and and cleansing freedom of forgiveness, we want to remain right there in the perfect presence of God. We realize that sin is never worth it. But the state of unhindered relationship with God is where we want to be. We want nothing more than to stay right there. And so Jesus teaches us to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. This third of the personal petitions in the Lord's Prayer teaches us to pray for two things. The first is we pray for God's protective guidance. Lead us not into temptation. Now, reading the first part of that prayer might cause us to ask, now, if we are praying for God not to lead us into temptation, does that mean that God tempts us? Well, no, certainly not. In fact, James 1.13 clears that up for us when he writes, When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. God's holy and righteous character prevent him from leading anyone, especially his own children, into something that would entice them to sin and therefore be separated from him. So why then does Jesus teach us to pray, lead us not into temptation? 
Well, the word translated temptation is basically a neutral word in the original language of Greek, meaning that it has neither a a bad nor a good connotation. Like we say our word temptation and we immediately think, "Uh uh-oh, that's bad. But this particular word doesn't have that kind of idea. So some have said maybe it's more of the idea of trials instead of temptation, like a testing. It can mean a test of one's strength or loyalty or ability for service. However you want to see that particular word, the desire of the petition is the same. When we are praying, Lord, lead us not in temptation, what we are praying is, Lord, help us to avoid sin at all cost. Lord, give us your protective guidance so that we might not even go near temptation and we'll be able to pass through the trial. Every believer eventually realizes something about himself. And that is, you can't trust yourself. When it comes to temptation, are you able to turn away from it on your own strength? Oh, maybe on this temptation. But what about when Satan comes at you again, maybe tomorrow, with a little bit different bait at a little bit different time? You see, Satan is like a skilled fisherman. If we're not biting what he's casting... He changes the bait until he finds what we will bite. Or he finds a different time to come to us when we are more likely to bite what he is giving. Think about the temptation of Jesus in the wilderness. Satan came to Jesus three different times offering him three different baits. But Jesus bit none of them, did he? So then in Luke 4.13, when, when uh, Luke is sharing his account of that temptation, he ends by saying, Satan left him until an opportune time. You see, Satan wasn't three strikes and out. He came back again. There was another game where he came against Jesus. Now, we're not taught, told about all of those different a- accounts, but we know that Jesus was tempted in every way as we are. And yet was without sin. Jesus struck down Satan all of those times because he continued to stick close to the Father and he shut Satan down. In this part of the petition, we ask for God to stick close to us. While we might not always know where God is leading us, we most certainly know where he is not leading us. And that is to temptation. God may lead us into trials... He may allow trials to come against us, but these are never to harm us. They are never to destroy us. They are meant to test us, to make us stronger. And if we remain at his side in the trial, he'll guide us through. However, if we turn from him, we'll fail the test. God never promises to remove every trial and temptation from our lives Such freedom from uh, the presence of sin will not come until the end of time. When we are in heaven, in the presence of the Heavenly Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in heaven where there is no sin. But for now, we live in a fallen world. And sin is all around us. And that sin wreaks havoc in this world. And even the righteous are impacted by it. For example, right now, right now. The sins of partisan politics, pride, hate, entitlement, lust for power, disregard for God, and more are ripping at our nation's seams. Those evils 
are impacting every single one of us. Even those who, of us who are not participating in it and those who are disgusted by it, we're caught. We're brought into it because we live in this sinful world. There are only two people who've been able to escape it for a little time, and that's Bob Bacon and Doug Hurley. A couple of weeks ago, they got to blast off into space. This meme hit the internet not long after. I mean, they hadn't even cleared the Earth's atmosphere, and this was on the internet. Congrats to the astronauts who left Earth today. Good choice. And we were all like, amen, right? Can I get a ride? We don't get to blast off to space, though. And we don't get to escape the mess that's here. We're here. We're in a trial, but hopefully we're going to stick close to God through the trial. And he'll bring us through. And he'll do good things in us. The prayer, lead us not into temptation, has the sense that we are walking in God's protective guidance. No matter where we go, we are safe. It's living out, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. This prayer is living out Galatians 5.16. So I say live by the Spirit and you won't gratify the lust of the sinful nature. What do those two verses tell us? If you stick to God, sin won't stick to you. You've got to stick close to God. God will give you his protective guidance. This prayer is also living out Psalm 119 verse 11. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. God has given us hundreds of scriptures that deal with sin so that we can see what sin is and prevent us from sinning. For example, are you tempted to cheat? Proverbs 19.1 says, Better a poor man whose walk is blameless than a fool whose lips are perverse. Are you tempted to lie? Proverbs 12.22 says the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who are truthful. Are you tempted to lust? Proverbs 6.25 says do not lust in your heart after her beauty or let her captivate you with her eyes. Are you tempted to be lazy? Proverbs 21.25, the sluggard's craving will be the death of him because his hands refuse to work. Tempted to worry. Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, prevent your request to God. On and on it goes. For every temptation, there is a scripture prescription. Commit that prescription to memory so God can bring it to your mind when the temptation comes. In this way, God will provide his protective guidance to you every single day. Through his word, he'll place his watch on your eyes, on your ears, on your mouth, on your hands, on your feet, so that whatever you see, whatever you hear, whatever you taste, whatever you touch, whatever you go, will be guided and protected by almighty God. We need to pray, God, keep me as far away from compromising situations as humanly possible and prevent me from seeking them out for myself. Lead me not into temptation. Don't be like the little boy who, as he was heading out with some friends, heard his dad holler out behind him, don't go swim in the bayou today. Well, the boy said, okay, dad, and he headed off with his friends. But that evening, he came back carrying a wet bathing suit. Where have you been, demanded the father. 
Swimming in the bayou, said the son. Didn't I tell you not to swim there, said the father? Yes, sir, answered the boy. So why did you, asked the father. Well, the boy said, I, I had my bathing suit with me, and I couldn't resist the temptation. Why'd you take your bathing suit with you, the daddy said. So I'd be prepared, be prepared to swim in case I was tempted. Think about that. Instead of preparing to give in to temptation by taking your swimsuit with you, take your dad with you to give you the protective guidance that you need. The other thing that Jesus teaches us to pray in this petition is that we need to pray for God's dependable deliverance, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus here names the root of all temptations, and that is the evil one, Satan himself. He's behind it all. Just moments before the first sin occurs in, in Genesis chapter 3, we're introduced to Satan in Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. And you know when temptation begins? The second part of Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. And it continues unrelenting for verse 2 and verse 3, and verse 4, and verse 5. And then in verse 6, Eve says, hmm, that looks pretty good. I'll go ahead and eat. And she gives it to Adam, and he eats too. Satan was behind sin then. He's behind sin now. 1 John 3, 8 says, the devil has been sinning from the beginning. So knowing this about the devil, Jesus teaches us to confess our need of deliverance from him. While we can resist the devil and he will flee from us, we cannot resist him on our own. We have to submit to God and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Alone, we are no match for the devil. We need our Father at our side through the unconquering power of the Holy Spirit. We need a champion who will fight the evil one for us and show us the way out from the evil one who seeks to steal and to kill and to destroy. And the only way you and I can turn away from temptation is if our Heavenly Father helps us to do so. And so we call on Him to do that. Even after listing each part of the Christian's spiritual armor in Ephesians 6. Paul didn't say, now, you got it? You're armored up? Get out there and fight. Uh-uh. You know what the very next thing he does? You know what he says? Ephesians 6, 18. You're all armored up. And pray in the Spirit. On all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. For all the saints. That's because you've got to have God on your side. King David knew that. Remember David, though, though he was a warrior and he had slain his ten thousands, he admitted his need for the Lord when facing temptation. Psalm 18, verses 17 and 18. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. When you ask him, our Heavenly Father promises his dependable deliverance. The Apostle Paul picked up on this in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, where he says, No temptation has seized you except that is common to man. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out 
so that you can stand up under it. You see, our Heavenly Father has already measured the difficulty levels of every temptation that will ever come against us. And He's not going to allow one to come against you that is able to defeat you unless you decide to let it. Remember, Satan has no new tricks. All sins, all temptations to sin fall into just three categories that John outlines in 1 John 2.16. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Go back to the first temptation. Satan tapped into each of those. The lust of the flesh, Eve saw that the fruit was good for food. Lust of the eyes, she saw that it was pleasing to the eye. Pride of life, it was desirable for gaining wisdom. Go to the temptations of Jesus. Three temptations, all three of those things outlined by John in 1 John. Lust of the flesh, turn these stones into bread. Lust of the eyes, throw yourself down and have the angels save you. Pride of life, bow down to me and I'll give you all of this. Satan has no new tricks. He just dresses them up in different ways, different presentations. God sees right through Satan's trickery and he can show us the way of escape. But don't Think that just because it's the same old sins that the temptation is easy to avoid because Satan is skillful. And this is war. 1 Peter 5.8, your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Danny Aiken writes this, Satan's wartime goal is to discourage us, defile us, devour us, and defeat us. Without the Lord's guiding us through the minefield of his demonic devices, we are certain to be defeated. But thankfully, our Father tells us, I'll guide you. I'll deliver you if you'll just ask me. He'll say, you don't want to go there. He'll say, hey, here's the way out. Come this way. Get away from that. How does God show us the way of escape? Well, through his word And through his spirit at work in us. As we've already seen, when his word is written on our hearts, God can call it to mind when we're faced with temptation. I already picked on some of us for worrying and lusting and lying and all that. So take, for example, when you're tempted to get another help in a grandma's pie. The spirit can call to mind Proverbs 25, 26. If you find honey, eat just enough, too much of it, and you'll vomit. See, Grandma was right. That'll make you sick if you eat too much of it. There's a scripture for every sin. It doesn't matter if you call it a big sin or a little sin. There's a scripture for every sin. Think of them as antidotes to Satan's poisoned apples. And when that apple is held out before you, you quote scripture, you say, not today, Satan. That's what Jesus did when he was tempted. Satan dangled those apples out. Jesus conquered each with a word from scripture over and over and over again but here's the challenge you can't battle with scripture if you don't know scripture God can't call it to mind if it's not in your mind so you've got to be in God's word daily you've got to pay attention during Bible studies you got to pay attention in sermons and and take notes and and take it down take time to memorize some scriptures because before long then your mind's going to start being full And you'll be amazed at what God can bring to mind just when you need it in the moment of temptation. Then all you have to do is heed the warning. 
God also guides us through temptation, not only by his word, but through his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us stay away from compromising situations. His Spirit says to us, is it really a good idea for you to be all alone with your girlfriend? His Spirit says, is that alcohol really going to help you feel better? His Spirit says, that money's not yours. The Father sometimes helps us escape before we ever get into the situation to begin with. Every one of us knows the sins that cause us the most trouble. What, what I might struggle with may not be what you struggle with. What you struggle with may not be something I struggle with. And, and all throughout the room, we all have kind of our own things that we struggle with. And Ken Hemphill says this, you know the warning lights that flash when you're in the wrong place with the wrong people or under the influence of the wrong motive. So instead of letting them become stumbling blocks, make them triggers for prayer. So when those things come, you're not like, uh-oh, I'm going to slip over in there and sin. You say, mm, I'm going to hit my knees and pray because I'm going to turn away from the sin. Lord, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from the evil one. The Spirit will tell you, stop, don't go there. Stop, don't pick that up. Don't say that. Don't press send. Turn off the computer. Go to another website. Calm down a minute. Put your fork down. Pray instead of worry. He'll tell us all the kind of things we need to know to get out of there. And all we must do is listen. This petition asks God to keep us clean by not leaving us to ourselves. We ask for God's protective guidance and dependable deliverance. Rebecca does a far better job of memorizing scripture than, than I do. And on the mirror in our bathroom right now, she has a scripture that she's praying through and, and working on to memorize. And Psalm 19, 12 to 14. Listen to this. Is this not exactly what this prayer is praying? Who can discern his errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then will I be blameless, innocent of great transgression. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, my Lord, my rock, my redeemer. That's exactly what we need to ask God to help us do. Look deep. Uncover it. Help me to know so that I can turn from that. Help me to see it before it ever comes. And may everything I do be pleasing in your sight. If we'll let him, God will lead us through and out of temptation. And so this morning, I'd like to close this message with a blessing. It's a blessing that comes from Scripture. It comes from Jude, verses 24 and 25. And it says this. Allow this to be a prayer over you before we pray and go into the invitation. Jude writes, to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy to the only God, our God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, power, and authority through Jesus Christ our Lord before all ages, now and forevermore. Amen. Lord, we come before you this morning and we confess our need of you. We need you beside us. We need you helping us to go through the trials and the temptations that come our way. 
And so, Lord, we pray that you would keep us from falling and present us to you in your glorious presence. Lord, we pray that our lives would be wonderful examples of your work. Lord, the forgiveness that you've given, the the protection that you give, Lord, the guidance that you give, Lord, even the, the repentance that we make that brings your forgiveness. God, may all of that be a testimony of your goodness to us. Lord, in in these moments, we come to you just as we are as sinful human beings. Uh, Lord, some of us in this room are are saved sinners. And and we've realized that we need you to help us turn from our wicked ways. And we've received your salvation that comes through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, for those of us who are on this side of the cross, and we're saved sinners, we continue to repent of sin and we turn to you and we ask God that as we move forward in life that you will not lead us into temptation but you would you would help us to defeat temptation you deliver us from the evil one Lord there's others in this room who are are sinners in need of salvation Lord they've never come to the point where where they've trusted you as their Lord and Savior. And so, Lord, right now, for those in this room and those watching online, I pray that they would do business with you. And if they know that there's never been a point where they trusted you as their Lord and Savior, repenting of sins, receiving you, and being saved, God, I pray that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, help them to turn from their sins. All of us are sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. But thankfully... You made a way for us to be forgiven. And so, Lord, in this moment, as I pray and as they pray, I pray that they would trust you. God, do business with us now. We want to leave here closer than when we came in. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the message. As I've shared with you, we're returning to a normal kind of style of invitation. If you're comfortable coming forward, I'm comfortable in talking to you. So I'll be down front. If you're not comfortable in coming forward, that's perfectly fine. Just make contact with me this week. We want to make sure that we deal with your decision as soon as possible. If you're watching online, be sure to fill out one of those connection cards, the decision card that lets us know that you made a decision so that we can follow up this week. God's continuing to move even in the midst of a pandemic, and I pray that he'll continue to do even more. Would you do business with the Lord today? As we stand and sing this song of invitation, just as I am, that's how we want to go before the Lord today. Just as I am without one but that thy blood was
beautiful word that is. I'm welcomed with open arms. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, God opens his arms and welcomes you. And if there's a decision that you need to make today and you weren't able to make it during this time, I pray that you'll reach out and that we can talk about that this week. I firmly believe that God is moving and he's wanting to transform lives. You can